0: Are you a service based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you're a first time listener, love for you to subscribe if you really enjoy the show. And if you're a regular, please send me questions and, most importantly, a wonderful guest today. Just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash questions, and you know, by all means, take notes. And in particular, get ready to take lots of notes on this one. If you don't capture all the notes, the episode is fully transcribed for you, so no need to worry. But I think on this one, it'll be great to take notes. So the person today spent time on Broadway, and they helped take what. You know the the wonderful things that happened on stage, but get the crowd, i.e. the people buying the tickets, to understand it, right? And now what he does is helps people, coaches and consultants, do the same thing. How do you package your IP? So you might know it, and you're in your inner world, but how do you draw others in to your world? And he does a brilliant job of going through the aim model that helps you build some structures. And he really does practice what he preaches. So now over to Michael Roderick from Small Pond Enterprises. And you can find out more at smallpondenterprises.com. Welcome, Michael Roderick from Small Pond Enterprises to the Build, Live, Give podcast. Great to have you
1: here, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to get a chance to chat. Yeah, well, this is a bit of
0: a returned favor because you did have me on your podcast, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but um, yeah, why why don't we just kick off with, um, you know, when someone asks you, Hey, Michael, you know, what do you do? How do you best describe that?
1: Sure. Uh, The way I like to frame it is I help thoughtful givers become thought leaders by helping them create referable brands. So I basically make it so that you're able to package your ideas so that people will talk about you when you're not in the room in a good way.
0: Yeah. So I must admit, when I read that on your LinkedIn profile, I thought, hang on, does he work for not for profits? You know, is a a giver? Now, I know I've got build live given my title. But yeah, yeah, so just so everyone's 100% clear, it's anyone that's a giver, not someone that's got a business in giving
1: yes exactly exactly and and the thing is it's a thoughtful giver is often an individual who uh, they're very good at doing the work that they do for their clients they love to give they love to support they love to serve but very often those people end up deprioritizing packaging their intellectual property so they very rarely take the time to break down what it is that they're doing how they're explaining it, how they're crafting it, have their own process. All of those different types of things.
0: Surely not, Michael. Surely, <laughs> there's people listening or watching right now that are constantly in the doing, and they just think, God, if I could just package this up to make it easier to sell, or to make it easier to do, you know, something online, so I'm not ha- don't have to be in every component of it. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Look, I, I think um, you know, I certainly went through that journey even last year. I, um, Mm. you know, I had it all there, but when I, you know, yes, I, I made it hard for people to buy, right? Yes. It wasn't done in a package. So tell us now, what do you know about packaging your IP that many others miss?
1: Yeah. So basically what I do is I focus on referability. So when I think about how somebody is packaging their stuff, I don't think about it from the angle of like, well, how do we make this look cool? I think about it from the angle of how do we make it so much more likely that people will actually share it uh, and actually talk about it to their friends. And the main principles that I focus on are accessibility, influence, and memory. It's easy to remember because it spells the word aim. Uh, So if you first take uh, the idea of accessibility, you know, the first hurdle that you have is can people outside of your industry understand what it is that you actually do? Or are you in what I like to refer to as the echo chamber of the enlightened, where, you know, everybody in your industry is sort of patting you on the back, but you go outside of that industry and people don't necessarily get it. So that's usually the first hurdle is for a lot of,
0: yeah. Why would you want to go outside of your industry?
1: Because the people who are outside of your industry don't have all of that jargon as part of their vocabulary. So the thing is, if you can communicate your stuff to people outside of your circle, it means that it can spread so much faster. The reason why most people stay stuck either within an industry or within a particular level is that their message really only kind of works in one place. And the more places your message can work, it's basically like real estate you start to carve out real estate in different people's industries and different people's worlds, eventually you become really well-known. People just kind of start referring back to you. So that aspect of thinking like, how does somebody outside understand this? How do I make this so, so clear that if you were a dentist or if you were working in childcare, you would still get what it is that I do
0: Correct. that.
1: Yeah. Is at the yeah. heart of it?
0: Great. And then what we might do is just back up one step is like who? Let's go to the who before we go through your methodology. So who yeah. do you love to work for? So if I'm, you know, watching or listening now and I'm thinking, this sounds really good, but you know, am I the right fit to work sure. with Michael? Who who is that?
1: Yeah. So it's usually the coaches and the consultants who are stuck in the middle. They're no longer beginners. They're not at the level that they would like to be yet. And very, very often what happens is they find that people are lapping them in their industry who don't necessarily even have as much experience as they do or don't really you know, know the amount of things that they do. But those people are so good at the packaging that they're just like taking off. So I love to work with those people who they're geniuses. They like really know what they're doing but they're so stuck in their genius. They're so good at the work that they're not thinking about how would somebody else, you know, look at this. And I love to look at it. I I come from a Broadway background and I love to think about is if your business was a Broadway show, would anybody buy a ticket? So how are you packaging that so that people are like, oh yes, I totally understand what you do and I totally need that.
0: Yeah. I love that analogy. And, I'm actually going to write that one down. But uh, I think that's so important, isn't it? Because, you know, you can, you know, I had a um, business partner who was, was an absolute genius in what he did, but you could see sometimes in a, in a client call or a client demo that he just lose people. You know, you can see yeah. their eyes. They just completely- just glaze, like, over, right? <laughs> just glaze over, right? It's, like, uh, it's a bit like what I said to my parents that, uh, you know, I don't need their permission, but I was 41. But when I said to them, I'm going to leave, you know, I'm not going to be a director of Coca-Cola anymore. I'm going to go and be a coach. And they're like, What?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what understand. do you mean? <laughs> Sorry,
0: they took ten years trying to try to explain what 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 so what does your oldest son do? I know your younger son, yeah. he's a policeman, so that's easy, right? But um, <laughs> what's your older son do? Yes, yeah, so, I know I love that. So it's it's that connection, right? It's, what what do they say? It used yeah. to be a seven year old. You know, if a seven year old can't explain it, you're you're in trouble. So um,
1: exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. awesome. Yeah. Now, sorry, I did cut you off, but I think that context really helps with people Yeah, listening. of course. So, uh, as far as accessibility, anything more on accessibility that you'd like?
1: To yeah do? the the one thing that uh, I think is really really important as you're thinking about accessibility is doing your best to boil things down to the most basic issues. And the way that I like to think about this is if you want your business to be a need to have, as opposed to a nice to have, you want to do at least one of the three things I'm going to talk about. Otherwise you'll be sad, S A D. And that is solve a problem, alleviate pain or decrease friction. Yeah. If you are not clear on how you're solving a problem for your client, how you're helping get rid of their pain or how you're making it so that something that normally takes them a long time or normally is an arduous process is easier with you, you really have a nice to have as opposed to a need to have. And it's very, very hard to sell that. But if you're able to just get right in there and talk about this is the problem I solve, this is the pain I help you get rid of, or this is how I can make your life easier, so many people will will get it right away. And I, I call this giving yourself an F because most of the time what we do as entrepreneurs, we spend too much time being like, this is what I do. And we try to sort of like explain it to everybody and sort of walk that line. And what we wanna do is say, this is what I do for, and talk about what we do for our clients. How do I help these clients? How do I support these clients? And really break that down in terms of that solve a problem, alleviate pain, decrease friction side of things.
0: Yeah, look, I think that that's fantastic. And, I, and you've got some. Uh, I choose not to have some, but I always say, what's your hair on fire problem, right? <laughs> like mm, what, yeah. what do people have to put out straight away? And, uh, you know, most people just look at me blankly and like, oh, I've got no idea. Because, as you said before, they're so far in their genius, yeah. they don't actually see what it means to yep. people you know it's selling the uh, sausage not the sizzle as we say okay that's brilliant accessibility yes. so the next one is influence what's in yes. influence
1: so what's really interesting is that for years we've all been taught that influence is about persuasion and it's because there's tons of books that talk about if you want to influence somebody you need to persuade them and there's lots of material that's out there but when we look at true influence Influence is when somebody does something without us actually asking them to do it. So if we get somebody to share our message, to talk about us to somebody else, without us saying like, hey, will you tell your friends about me? That's true influence. That's when we really have caused someone to be like, okay, I want to, I want to do something because of what you're putting out there. And the core aspect of that and the thing that we often forget about And it goes back to a lot of what I was talking about before is that we tend to focus on how do I make myself look cool as opposed to how does this idea or this concept or this thing that I'm teaching make other people look cool when they share it? Yeah. So if we want to have influence with the message, we have to think about, okay, is my methodology, is my process, is the thing that I'm teaching something that somebody else would want to share with one of their friends because it would actually make them look interesting. It would make them look cool. It would make them look informed. And when we package that way, when we sort of create that, I like to refer to it as the magic trick. So if you've ever been to a party, magicians always have at least one trick that they will show you exactly how they did the trick. And what do you do naturally? You go to your next party and you do that trick because you look cool. You look like you're a magician. So we want to think about what are those concepts? What are those pieces of thought leadership that we have that we consider a magic trick that we can give to somebody and have them be like, okay, I'm going to share this. I'm going to talk about this, you know, because it makes me look cool or it helps me understand my friends and all of those different types of things.
0: Yeah, no, that's a a brilliant, brilliant concept. And, you know, like they say, it's nothing better if someone else says something about you rather than yourself, right? So exactly. I think that's, yeah, so that's brilliant. So give us a quick example of that.
1: Sure. Um, so I have a concept I call uh, the TCM index. And basically the way that the TCM index works is that every single individual, no matter who you're meeting, has uh, an index of time, connections, and money. They have a concern around one of those three things. Usually there's a deficit in one of them. So what I often will say when I'm teaching about the TCM index is that the best way for you to figure out wherever the deficit is, is to actually audit the other two things. So if you have a deficit in money, it is directly tied to how you're spending your time and who you're spending your time with. If you have a deficit in connections, it's directly tied to how you're spending your time and how you're spending your money. Because if you're going to free events trying to sell a $5,000 product, you're not going to meet a lot of people who are going to be able to buy that right? And if you are stuck in time, if you don't have enough time, then who you're hiring, who you're working with, and how you're spending your money so that you get that time back is how you fix that particular problem. So the thing is, I explain this concept, right? And what happens? Other people will then go and go to their friends and say, Oh you know this TCM index like can you know you're having this challenge like well, let me take a look what's going on with your time what's going on with your connections and then they're like wow where did you learn that how did you figure that out and it refers back to me yeah so that's the thing it's like when we are trying to get people to share an idea or share a particular concept the thing that we want to think about is you want to be sure to share so sure is shortcut first right so the first thing is a shortcut Is it an easy concept that cuts through the noise, that makes it super, super simple, right? Second, and this is super, super important, does it have utility? Is the concept useful where somebody can actually use it and do something with it? This is why Myers-Briggs became so popular. This is why so many of these evaluation tools that are out there get spread like wildfire because there is a utility to it. So people use it and then they share it with their friends. But in addition to that, the R is reputation. If I give you a better reputation as a result of sharing my thing, you're going to share it even more. So you share the video, the funny video or the TED talk or whatever, not because of how good it is, but how good it makes you look how you look interesting to your audience, how you look funny to your audience or any of those different types of things. And then finally, the E is for expediency. If it's not simple for you to share it, if it's not an easy thing for you to do, you'll leave it. So if there's not like a click and make it just happen, right, you're not gonna share it. You're not gonna put it out there. So when we think about creating that magic trick, we've gotta also think about how are we gonna be sure to share, right? How are we going to make sure that there is a shortcut there? How are we going to make sure that it is useful? How are we going to make sure that this is going to create a reputation for somebody? And how is it going to be expedient? How is it going to be so easy for them that they yes. just like give that to their friend because they're like, wow, this is so useful. I want other people to know about this.
0: That's great. And look, if you're watching or listening to this, often there's things right under our nose that we forget about. And one of them is the fact that you can go back, right? So go back and or listen to this a couple of times to get these fantastic little uh, indexes and other things that uh, Michael's talking about here. So the last one, right, is memory. Yes. So Yes. Spoilers again. What, what, <laughs> no worries. What's happening with memory?
1: So, so the thing that's really interesting about memory is that you could have both of these other things, accessibility and influence, completely on lock. But you are absolutely screwed if you don't have memory down because if people can't remember it, they won't share it. Mm. Right. So, most of the time, we spend hours, months, days, years thinking about how we're going to tell the story. But we spend next to no time thinking about how is somebody going to retell the story? How are they going to share our concept? How are they going to remember it? And The way that you want to think about this, if you want people to remember you more, you focus on less. And that's language, emotion, simplicity, and structure. So I'll start with language. The reason why we have studied Shakespeare, and we all know who Shakespeare is, but only if you're in the literature world do you know who Christopher Marlowe is, is that Shakespeare added new words to the English language. If you go into the dictionary, there are words that are attributed to Shakespeare, that Shakespeare created those words. So when people are walking around Stratford-on-Avon talking and using those words, what do you think happened? People asked, where did you learn that? And it would drive people back to those plays. And the thing is, most of the time, we don't take the time to come up with our own language for things. We don't take the time to come up with our own way of explaining it or breaking it down because it's much easier to take somebody else's phrase, to take somebody else's you know, little piece of marketing copy or whatever it is and just use it. But the thing is, the second that we do that, we're literally just a bootleg version of the other person the second that we start using somebody else's phrases and art and making that part of our you know our process we're just referring back to them so it's worth it to think about what is the language that you're going to create because if you come up with either new words or new ways of saying words you don't necessarily have to come up with brand new vocabulary you can literally just change the order of things sometimes and it will give people a completely different impression so if i say to you facebook You have one impression, but when I say to you, the book of faces, you suddenly have a kind of a different, a different take. It has a different, you know, and all I've done is just change the words around, right? So when you create that and people start attributing that piece of language to you or that concept to you, you end up carving a mental piece of real estate for them. You are in their brains now under whatever that category is, whatever that, you know, piece of language is right so once you've nailed the language piece if you really want to make sure people are remembering you've got to think about emotion yeah because emotion solidifies memory and that was part of our primitive our primitive brain is wired to basically absorb details based on heightened states of emotion because if we didn't we would die right when we were in heightened states of emotion, we had to remember all of the details of those scenarios. Otherwise, we would be attacked by that tiger. We would get you know, thrown over. We would get hit. Like All these things would happen. So that's part of our wiring. So the thing is, if you can put people in a high emotional state, their brains become like a sponge. And they remember all of the details. And the way that I often like to... Illustrate this is if you were to ask somebody, What are the opening scenes of the movie Titanic? They cannot give you any details for the most part. Yes. But if you said to somebody, What image pops into your head when I say I'll never let go? That same person is going to give you a very, very specific image because when you're in that heightened state of emotion, you remember far more details. And this is why you see lots of talks and presentations. They don't start by sharing with you their concept, do they? They start with the personal story. They start with the narrative that causes you to feel the emotion. And the second that you feel the emotion, you start remembering all of those details. And if you're remembering all those details, you're way more likely to share it. You're way more likely to relive those own moments in your own life and wanna talk about it, right? Yeah, great. You're still in a lot of trouble from a memory standpoint if you don't focus on simplicity. Yes. So throughout our entire lives, we have been rewarded for complexity when it comes to academics. In school, as you got up in the grades, your papers got bigger, your words got bigger, and everything you were taught was about how do you sound smart? Right. Everything that we end up being taught is this aspect of like, what are you going to use the big words? Are you going to write the big papers? So what happens with tons of entrepreneurs is that they go out into the world with that same concept and they think I've got to use these big words. I've got to be very, you know, verbose. I've got to, you know, I've got to really just like, you know, amaze people. But the thing is the memory rewards simplicity. Because our brands can only handle so much information at any given point in time. So if I were to start this presentation and say, I'm gonna to talk to you about the 48 points of how to create a referable brand, nobody would still be here. No. Right? Like everybody would be gone. We need that simplicity. We need something where it's like, okay, it's accessibility, influence, and memory. Great, I can go. It's taking aim, I can go, right? And that ties to the last piece, which is structure. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, we need structure in order to be able to process information. So if we are reading, we start at the beginning and we travel our way through the book. You know, if we are trying to understand somebody's process, we start at, okay, this is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the end. Like We always are thinking about, like, how do I structure this information? And if the information doesn't have a structure, we are far more likely to forget it. Because we're sitting there trying to give all of this information to these people. We need something to organize it all. So when you give your audience, when you give people a structure to follow, something that they can use and that they can go through, they are far more likely to share the message because they know they can rely on the structure. They know what's coming next. So they're not worried about looking bad in front of people. And one of the core reasons why a lot of referrals don't happen is people feel awkward when they feel like they can't explain something. Yes. The second that you feel like you can't explain what somebody does or what their value is or you know, you are going to stop wanting to refer them. Because you don't want to look awkward in front of your friends. You don't want to go to your friends and say, yeah, I think, you know, there's this guy, Paul, and I think you should work with him because he does this. I mean, he does all this stuff and it's, you know, uh, and I don't really, I'm not really sure. And like they go, 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 go. Right. And the second that that happens, they're like, they're not going to keep sharing. But if they know exactly what to talk about and if they have a structure for it, they're way more likely to do it. So you focus on language, emotion, simplicity, and structure. You are going to solidify yourself in people's memory. The second that you're in their memory, you're going to pop up again and again and again because our memories are always banging around, right? So the second that we put something together that's memorable, just like a hit song on the radio, right? We are going to, while we're doing the dishes, while we're walking around, suddenly remember that particular thing. And that comes from that language, emotion, simplicity, and structure model.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant, brilliant. Well, uh, yeah, that's an absolute masterclass, Michael. So, uh, like I said, if you've been taking notes, that's great. But if you haven't, please go back and go through these. But you know, it. I think you know, there's so many of us that are inside ourselves, right? And we do find, and we always say, you know, like I just, you know, I know what I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm saying but it seems like no one else does, right? I'm I'm like screaming, but no one can hear me. And I think there's some brilliant structures here. And you can find out more about Michael, again, at smallpondenterprises.com. But before I go into the live section, I'd like to find out, if you've got a sales machine to meet your ambitions, okay? Mm. And if you're wondering, I've got an assessment that can help you. So, if you go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment, there's 14 questions on what I believe makes a sales machine. Now, I only spent, what was it, uh, 18 years at Coca-Cola getting trained and, you know, the last 10 in my own business. So, I know a little bit about sales, But I give that to you in 14 questions, super questions. You know, it takes you about three minutes to answer it. But the most important thing, then I have a call with you to give you a specific plan. Okay, so to go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. So Michael, the next section is the live section. So what are some daily habits that make you successful?
1: Sure. Uh, So meditation is a a really, really big one for me. I always really work towards uh, 20 minutes twice a day. Um, Every once in a while I have two very young girls. So, you know, sometimes that, uh, you know, that doesn't happen. um, But I really always kind of shoot for uh, the 20 minutes twice a day. Um, The other thing that has just always been a major thing for me is at the end of the day, I write down my reflections. Mm -hmm. uh, And I look at sort of what are the things that I'm grateful for? What are the areas in which I can improve? What are the areas where I should focus? And what are the things I learned? You know, what did I pick up? And I write that stuff down and then look back at it and look at what are the patterns that I'm seeing in my life. And when I see certain patterns, I know like, okay, I want to keep doing these things. Or if I see patterns where things are not working as well, I say, okay, these are things I need to shift. These are things I need to change. So reflection is a huge, huge part of the work that I do.
0: Excellent. And the the next section is the give section. So what is a charity or a community or a cause that you support and why?
1: Yeah. So my first daughter, uh, Juniper, was born not breathing. Uh, and wow. we had five weeks in the NICU and, and sort of went through that whole process. And, you know, NICU nurses are just like absolute angels. And the, the amount of care and time these people take uh, is is just absolutely amazing. So I am always Um, very, very passionate about supporting causes uh, that have to do with any sort of uh, NICU type of charity, Um, anything that deals with younger, you know, parts of life, uh, anything medically in that area. uh, I'm always happy to support, share the message, uh, you know, just get the word out about the amazing work that these people do.
0: Ah, very touching. That's uh, that's brilliant. So the last section is the rapid fire section where I ask you some questions, and of course, you give me some rapid fire responses. So the first one is: What are your top three personal effectiveness tips?
1: Uh, so definitely, again, medit- meditation. I'll you know I'll, I'll say it again. I really think that is a, a major one. Um, but reflection as well. I just like even if you're not journaling, like reflect take some time to like sit down and reflect. And then the last one is curating. Uh, and that is like really pay attention to the people that you're spending time with. And you know the people that you're bringing into your network, the relationships that you're developing and be honest with yourself about, is it helping you to achieve the things that you want to achieve? And, you know, are you helping those people? Are Is there like a flow there? Um, or does it feel just sort of like random that you're just like randomly meeting people? Uh, because I think the curating piece is just so, so important. We don't take enough time to think about it.
0: Right. So the next one is uh, what's a piece of technology that's essential to running your business?
1: Uh, superhuman, uh, which basically like it just takes your email and turns everything into keystrokes and it just, it's, it's, it makes email like the absolute fastest, uh, that, that it can be. I constantly end up at inbox zero, no matter how many emails I get because of how solid a tool it is. Um, so yeah, I could not see running my business without that tool.
0: <laughs> right. And, and what's the best source of new ideas for you?
1: Usually reading. So, uh, new books, uh, listening to podcasts, listening to friends, interviews, uh, anything where I am experiencing new information and new ideas, uh, through, like I said, reading podcasts, things like that.
0: Great. And, uh, the last question the big one and that's why I leave it to the end, but what impact do you want to leave on the world?
1: I really, I've always thought about this and this is actually carried over into all the other work that I've done. I don't want anyone to feel alone. And I've always been very, very passionate about that. And it's taken lots of different forms, but I think that this work makes it so that if you are really great and you've created just all of this stuff, you're not just stuck in that, you know, in that world where, you know, you know, you have this greatness, but other people don't. Um, So I've just always been very, very passionate about making sure that people never feel alone.
0: Yeah, well, look, I've got to say, Michael, that was such an amazing gift you've given people today. I know there's so many people that I've seen coaches and consultants that struggle or have that hair on fire moment that you can actively solve. So as I've said a couple of times, you know, please go back, listen to this one again. There's so much great IP. Have your pen or your iPad or whatever you take notes with, have it there because uh, there is gold here. And I think it's such a, a great skill that you can learn to, to help more people, right? And that's ultimately what we all want to do. So uh, you can find out more again of Michael at small, I'll get this right, pond. That's it. Yep. Small pond enterprises.com. Uh, and also, uh, you've got a, a great quiz as well. So if people go to my referability, that's it, my referability com. Uh, they will uh, get that as well. So Michael, it's been an absolute joy having you on. And uh, thanks for all the wisdom you shared today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Paul. It was an absolute blast. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Bye. I really love that interview with Michael. It was one that I'll always remember because he practiced what he preaches, right? You know, I'm sure you can remember some of the models that he spoke of, you know, the AIM model. And also, you know, I think there was, yeah, there was just so much value, right? So please go and have a look at the show notes, you know, go back and reset this one because I think it'll be a real value to you. Also, if you loved, right, loved the key takeaways, let Michael know. So take a photo of the podcast and send him or mention him on your social medias, right? You know, be, as he said, you know, share, share because it makes you look good right? So that'd be brilliant. Um, also, he did talk about his My Referability Radar. So you can go to myreferabilityradar.com. You will also find more about Michael at smallpondenterprises.com. And if you really want to know whether you've got the sales machine to keep up with your ambitions, go to Mentoring.com forward slash assessment. Take action to build, live and give. Thanks for listening to the Build Live Give podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.